This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. If it's passed, bounced, or hit, we're talking about it. All sports talk is on News Radio WGNS. Sponsored by State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Insel. Here to help life go right. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home, helping families since 1880. First Bank, serving Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Parks Auction Company, committed to auction excellence. Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. Greg Hall at City Auto Sales. And the Blue Raider Insider Report is sponsored by Mike Tanzel and My Team Insurance. Steve Rucker with RAI Advisors. And Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Let's get it started in here. We've got your local sports fix. It's all sports talk on News Radio WGNS. Good afternoon. Welcome to All Sports Talk on a Thursday, opening day. Major leagues, couple games tonight, including the Yankees and the defending champion Washington. Unfortunately, the defending champions. But they got hot. And he who gets hot early has got a chance to be in the playoffs this year. Today, though, Right now, we will have some baseball later with Michael McHenry, former Blue Raider. But uh, right now, we're going to talk football. And the TSSAA has a plan. It's called the Option 2 Hybrid Plan, or the Hybrid Plan. And it's quite confusing. Uh, I've talked to some coaches. They don't even understand what the heck's going on. But I'll try my best to explain to you <clears throat> Excuse me. What the football season is going to look like? First of all, we need to backtrack a little bit. A couple, two weeks, three weeks when the TWSAA Board of Control meets. Now, what the Board of Control is, it's a governing board. Uh, the TWSAA, their hierarchy, um, they come up with plans. They present it to the board, and the board votes on it. And the board is made up of representatives from all over the state. So the TSSAA just doesn't arbitrarily get up and make a rule. All the rules, like them or not, have been voted on by the board. Okay, two or three weeks ago, the TSSAA presented four options um, about the upcoming football season. Um the uh, governor's state of emergency ex- extended through August 29th. So their thinking was, okay, we cannot have any physical contact till after the 29th. Uh, give us three weeks in pads, and we'll be ready to start the season on September 18th. So all these options that were thrown out were with September 18th as a start date. Now, Option two, which um, was in a survey, uh, a, a survey that was heavily participated by coaches and administrators, coaches favored option two, uh, administrators favored option two. What is option two? 
you play eight regular season games. Only the top two teams make the playoffs. Um, the contracts you have with teams are are now uh, voided. The TWSAA will make out your schedule, your region schedule for you. Then it's up to you just to go find a game. You know, if you got a four-team region where they only play three region games, they got to find seven games, which is a nightmare, which would be impossible right now. So they voted that plan in. Um, and it'd be a, like I said, it'd be a 16 team bracket instead of a 32 in all classes. They put this hybrid plan in. Uh, the TWSAA has been working with the governor's office with, not against. Uh, there's a lot of people may think that they're kind of button heads. They're not. They want what's best. They came up with this plan because, um, Colleges, college football programs are exempt from this um, state of emergency, emergency order by Governor Bill Lee. I think with their dealings with the, excuse me, um, the um, thinking is maybe the governor uh, lists that order from the TSSAA, they exempt them maybe, let's say, the middle of August. Okay, if that were the case, well, then you could get your three weeks of practice in and you might um, um, be able to start your season, um, you know, maybe first of September, second week of September instead of the 18th. Now, if this happens, uh, this is what's going to transpire. And I think that's why this hybrid plan came up, because I think they think it's going to happen, that he's going to lift it. I don't see him lifting it next week, but who knows? I mean, right now you're mandating people wear masks everywhere, so um, I can't imagine them letting them hit. I don't think this ma- I think this mask thing is going to run through about August 4th or third here in Rutherford County. Okay. So under the hybrid plan, the TW, you will keep your same schedule. Let's say you start a week late. Okay. Well, what about the first game you were going to play? All right. If it's a non-region game, uh, you might lose that game. Unless you've got an open date or something that coincides. Now, what if it's a region matchup, which there are a few across the state the first week? Okay, what you would do, what this hybrid plan does, instead of you, you will not lose that game. What you'll do, the two teams playing each other, since they're in the same region, more than likely they've got the same fall break, and they don't have a game during that week. So they would move that game to where if they have coinciding uh, open dates because of fall break, let's say. Okay, now let's say those two opponents, one of them's open date is different. Well, now what the hybrid plan would call for, each team that was scheduled to play a non-region game, they would drop that th- those opponents. 
and play each other. So you wouldn't have a region get you would have you wouldn't have that non-region game. Now that leaves two teams out there with no game that week, but they could play each other. So this allows this plan, which I think it's a pretty good plan. It's as confusing as hell. I mean, and I'm hopefully I don't have you too confused. But it allows for these teams to play the maximum amount of games as possible. Whereas the teams with four uh, region games, um, the state won't. The state office, TWSWA state office, will not be. Um, making their schedule. They keep their schedule. They keep their other games. If it starts a week or two later, it allows you to get more games in. If they scrap your schedule, can you imagine trying to schedule seven opponents right now for the upcoming season? It'd be a nightmare. So that's essentially what that means. That's essentially what the hybrid plan is. It's a hybrid with the option two plan with some changes. Now, it could be the season just starts um, on the 18th and we'll be going with option two as it was. If the governor lifts, exempts the TWSAA next week, the season will start August 21st. I'm leaning more now if, if some numbers will start trending down instead of up, you know, they may be able to start earlier than the 18th. So that's where we're at. Okay. This, the board also passed COVID-19 sports regulations. We'll get into that in a minute. It took me a little longer to, to explain than I thought it would. So I'll tell you this portion of the show Brought to you by First Bank, where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906. That's First Bank. We'll take a break and be right back. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having, but at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We're discussing traffic with Councilman Smotherman. Eddie, I heard you were the swing vote in the approval of the bridge over Broad Street. Yes, I knew it would help our traffic flow in Murfreesboro, and I'm working on road improvements to get our traffic moving. If re-elected, it'll remain my priority. Paid for by friends of Eddie Smotherman for City Council. Eddie Smotherman, Treasurer. I'm Eddie Smotherman, and I'd appreciate your vote for Murfreesboro City Council. Parks Office. We handle everything. 
whether you're buying or selling a home or whether you're buying or selling commercial property, the auction is just so much easier, quicker, smoother. My wife and I sold our personal home, parks auctions, and helped us with that. The house brought about 20% more than we were going to ask for. Visit our website at parksauction.com to learn more. Stan Vaught and the Parks Auction team are proud supporters of local high school and MTSU sports. With the service you get from State Farm, you might think our car insurance costs more. I'm State Farm agent Bud Morris. Give me a call at 615-893-1417 and let me show you with discounts up to 40%. You may find it even costs less. At State Farm, when home and auto works as a team, you score and save money. I'm State Farm agent Bud Morris. Give me a call at 615-893-1417 and let's work together to win big by saving money on home and auto. WGNS Primetime Sports. Sponsored by the law offices of John Day. If you've been injured, go to johndaylegal.com. It's time to do some tomahawk chopping. Yes, the Atlanta Braves return for the 2020 season. Amid COVID-19, of course, you know the season has been condensed to a 60-game schedule. Braves baseball returns to the airwaves Friday as the Braves are at New York to take on the Mets. Airtime on Friday, 2.55. Saturday, we'll have a game at 2.55 as well on the opening weekend of Braves baseball. Here's a reminder. You can check WGNSRadio.com and select On Air, and that's where you'll see the Braves schedule and the times of the games that we will have right here on your home of Atlanta Braves baseball since 1982. News Radio. WGNS. Braves baseball returns on Friday. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Okay, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about um, COVID 19 sports regulations. These are for all sports until further notice. And you anti-mask people better listen up to some of this. Before you go to a game, well, let's just start with the first one. Temperature, temperature checks are required for all coaches, players, and team personnel prior to every practice. Anyway, anyone whose temperature measures 100.4 or greater must be sent home immediately, may not return to participation until he or she provides documentation that they have been tested negative for COVID-19 or obtained a medical evaluation by the physician verifying that COVID-19 is not the cause of his or her fever. Number two, no coach, player, or team personnel may participate in practice or a contest without first completing appropriate COVID-19 screening. And there's five or six questions they'll ask you. Maybe more. Won't get into all that. No scrimmages, jamborees, seven-on-seven practice, you know, the passing um, tournaments and whatnot, are permitted. These are the ones where you got to pay attention to. At contest, all coaches, players, team personnel, officials, administrators, and fans must have their temperature checked before entering the facility. 
No one whose temperature measures 100.4 or greater may be admitted. So be ready. At each contest, the following symptom checklist shall be posted at spectator entrance. And ask you all these questions. I won't go into all that. At contests and localities where fan attendance is permitted, member schools are encouraged to limit fan attendance to a number that will allow adequate social distancing. Example, one-fourth to one-third of typical seating capacity, depending on the characteristics of the particular venue. Um, the host team uh, should mark and designate bleachers or seats in order to promote, promote social distancing. In other words, um, you'll sit in one seat, there'll be two empty seats, and then you'll have another seat. The temperature check and questionnaire um, also applies for the school band, pet bands, cheerleaders, or other similar student groups attending contests. The public address system is in use for the contest. The host must make public service announcements at various times regarding it. Um, the host school is responsible for providing staff to engage in frequent cleaning and sanitizing of restroom facilities during the game. Concession stands are discouraged. All coaches must complete the free NFHS online course, quote, COVID-19 for coaches and administrators. And there's some other things that came up. Um, let's say you are, let's take Rutherford County as of right now, camp, um, the campuses will have on-site teaching classes. You can also do it online. If you do it online, you can still play sports because you're considered enrolled at the school. Now, if school is not being played, that's a whole – if school is not open in a certain area, then that's up to that school board. Um. I think Metro is um, first nine weeks is going online. So um, once you practice with a team, you're locked into that team. You can't leave. You know, you can't go to another school and suit up even prior to the season. Uh, unless you move or something. Uh, yeah, that's a little hard to, to tell. Um, but um, anyway, so if you don't actually go on campus, you can still play sports for whatever reason. Uh, it's different being homeschooled, though. Um, although, interesting enough, Tim Tebow was homeschooled and played for his high school in which he was zoned for. And there's some other idiosyncrasies in there. Um, what happens if a team has a, a rash breakout and can't play? It won't be a forfeit, but the team they were supposed to play will get a win while the team that can't play will get basically nothing. Not a win, not a loss. 
So, you know, you got to hope that doesn't happen. Um, if neither team can play, it's just a no contest. And, you know, they're not really reporting these, but you can only – if if 40 Clemson players and 30-something LSU players have gotten it, we must assume that others have gotten it. It's just not really being made that public uh, uh, right now, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's for their – um, um, benefit, you know, their privacy. So that's kind of where we're at with football. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if there is no football, but there's a plan in place. It's frustrating. You know, I thought Will Kreisky, the head coach at Riverdale, made a good point. He goes, told my kids I'm proud of them. Come out here and condition and lift weights and in the heat for three hours not knowing if you're even going to get to play football. That takes a lot of dedication. And so kudos to all the ones that are going out there not knowing because nobody knows. All right, you're listening to All Sports Talk. We'll take a break. We'll be right back, and Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Raider Insider Report. is going to be a roller coaster ride and you'll want to be here for every huge moment of this short 2020 season cranked high and deep to right field hit with tremendous force and way out of here braves baseball on wgns Good afternoon. It's pretty busy out here, but it's typical on 24 eastbound up by Bell Road, Hickory Hollow Parkway, through that construction. All that traffic flow making its way out of Davidson County back into Rutherford. It's pretty busy there on 41 between Laverne and Smyrna. Stop and go down Sam Ridley, headed back out towards Smyrna. For the perfect getaway just outside Gatlinburg, check out Cosby Creek Cabins. Log on to CosbyCreekCabins.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time. This season's going to be a roller coaster ride, and you'll want to be here for every huge moment of this short 2020 season. And he strokes the first pitch high and deep to right field. That ball is gone to the top of the chop. Braves baseball on WGNS. Hello again, and this is Lenny Farmer, funeral pre-planner for Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home and Cremation Services. I know, I know, you have a lot of questions concerning how to plan for those final days. It can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be as stressful and won't be when you get your questions answered way in advance. That's what I'm here for. Call me with any questions you have about your personal funeral needs. With 25 years of experience in this industry, I can help you put your questions to rest. Call me at 615-893-2422. Every team knows which play can be a winning move. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Womack, here to help life go right by combining your home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-890-0850. It's a winning move that saves you time and money. Your ride, your stuff. You live with them together. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Womack. It's smart to protect them together, to help life go right. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let me help you save by combining your auto and renters. It's time. Show your true blue. Blue Raiders. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters. Sponsored by Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance, Steve Rucker and RAI Advisors, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Go Blue Raiders. 
Are you paying hundreds of dollars too much for your home and auto insurance? Let the team at My Team Insurance help, a true independent insurance agency that represents you in protecting your home, your cars, your business, your life, and your health. Call My Team Insurance today, 895-4201. That's 895-4201. Proud to be sponsoring the Blue Raiders and proud to say, let's go Blue. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters, play by play voice of the Blue Raiders. Chip, what's up? Well, good afternoon, everybody. And of course, everyone is still pondering the questions of what uh, will college football look like this year uh, as different leagues from around the country have starting to make decisions right in this area. Of course, everyone is looking toward the Southeastern Conference and what type of decision it makes. Personally, I think the SEC and ACC are working together and that they'll come up with a plan that they'll announce sometime late next week. And when that happens, leagues in the group of five, such as the Conference USA, the Sun Belt, and the uh, American, uh, will, will follow suit in how they go about their business because those leagues have so many non-conference games with the uh, ACC and Southeastern Conference. They're, uh, they're very much tied together. So what about other sports? Well, the uh, NCAA Board of Governors is expected to meet tomorrow and at that time could decide to vote on whether or not to cancel NCAA-sponsored championships for fall sports including uh, the playoffs for FBS football. Uh, the board could also wait and uh, kick that can down the road a little bit until their next scheduled meeting on August 4th. What that could mean uh, would be uh, doesn't necessarily include football, but it includes women's soccer, volleyball, and uh, in certain uh, areas of track and field. But that's something to keep an eye on tomorrow is uh, if the NCAA Board of Governors makes any decision decision. Uh, I am reading a lot uh, online that there are many athletic directors and conference commissioners that uh, are, are lobbying the Board of Governors to not make a drastic decision like that uh, at this exact moment. So that uh, they're, they're wanting to you know wait as long as possible to make any sort of drastic decision on those. And that's what you know we're seeing around here mostly in college football. All right, Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic is reporting that the Ohio Valley Conference is expected to announce this evening that it's postponing the start of fall Olympic sport competition until September 17th and will go with conference only for women's soccer and volleyball. Uh, their decision would not include football, but again, that from Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic. Speaking of volleyball, Middle Tennessee's uh, volleyball team, we've told you yesterday, was selected by the United States Marine Corps and the American Volleyball Coaches Association as a 2019-20 Team Academic Award recipient on Monday. Seven Blue Raiders finished the spring semester with a 4.0 GPA, and four others earned a 3.5 to 3.9 to round off the year with a team cumulative GPA of 3.73. 
Congratulations in order again to Reed Blankenship as the National College Football Awards Association announced the Jim Thorpe Award watch list for the upcoming 2020 college football season on Monday. That includes Blue Raider senior Reed Blankenship. He's now been added to the Jim Thorpe and Bednarik watch list while also garnering first-team all-conference honors from Phil Steele. Well, the TSSAA made uh, news uh, last night as the Board of Control announced its plans for the upcoming high school football season. If you uh, go to my Facebook page tomorrow, the uh, Friday Five uh, interview will be with Matt Gillespie of the TSSAA, and he'll talk a little bit about that and uh, give you a, a layman's view of what that plan is and how flexible it is moving forward. All right, that's it for uh, today. Uh, there will be no report tomorrow. we got Braves baseball tomorrow, but uh, I'll be back with you again on Monday. All right, Chip, we appreciate you as always. We're off tomorrow, so in, uh, enjoy a day off, and we'll talk to you next week. Remind everyone the Blue Raider Inside Report, brought to you each day by Wayne Blair and Rayborn Insurance, Steve Ruckert and RAI Advisors, and Mike Tanzel and my team insurance. We'll take a break and be right back. Buying a quality pre-owned vehicle from City Auto is the smartest car buying decision you can make. Hear what our customers have to say. Here at City Auto, the experience was great. We were in and out. You're not going to be hassled. They come in, they gave me a price. Greg Hall at City Auto Sales. City Auto is our largest inventory lot right there. We have financing. So come by and see us or just check them out there on the website, cityauto.com. Check out all of those vehicles. City Auto, the wholesale auto mall shop where the dealer shop. Hi, I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb & Associates. These are unprecedented times we're going through. All of us in any kind of business are taking precautions. I'm here today to tell you that we're still doing business and I'm subscribing to the best practices about personal interaction. Technology is our ally, from virtual home tours to digital document movement and signing. My website is my digital hub at choosechip.net. Homes are still being bought and sold, and I'm here to do that in a safe, responsible manner and to be your trusted advisor in real estate. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Um, we're now going to be joined by Michael McHenry, former MTSU catcher, seventh-round pick of the uh, Rockies. He spent seven seasons in the major leagues. Uh, Michael, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are, how are you doing? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for joining us today. What have you been doing with yourself during all this time? I've been trying to stay busy, uh, self-made uh, handyman around the house. Um, I tore my ACL right after Christmas and had surgery right before all this chaos happened. So I've been doing rehab two to three days a week up in Nashville at 
empower then just like we were talking before we got on the phone i've been learning a lot of new technology uh help build a website um and been doing a lot of different type of like zoom calls google play all those different things trying to stay in the in the now of what's going on and um, try to keep baseball informative to some of the pittsburgh pirate fans out there that um still want to talk baseball still want to talk shop um now you you currently serve as a an analyst, I guess, for their pregame and postgame show. Are you still doing that? I am. I'm still the pre- and postgame analyst for AT&T uh, Sportsnet. And the plan was to do a little bit of the uh, broadcast during the game for the Pirates. Um, obviously, with the uh, season being cut um, pretty short, I don't know if I'll be doing that much, but we'll just wait and see. Are you ready for baseball to get going? Yeah, I feel like I've had a ball and chain on me for the last three or four months without baseball. Um, you know, I went down to spring training. I got to uh, you know, watch a little bit of baseball. It gave me the itch. And then, you know, when they shut it down, and it felt like it happened just so fast. It, it was it was heartbreaking. I, I was really looking forward to watching the young team in Pittsburgh and see how they come together and create a culture of new with, with some new people in the front office. But, you know, Life hit, and you just have to kind of embrace it and move forward and see what happens. Now, you you were with the Pirates from 11 to 13, and you obviously had to cultivate some pretty good relationships because you eventually left and went back to the Rockies and played uh, for the Cardinals. Um, you know, I, again, you had to cultivate some really neat relationships for them to reach out to you and, and get you – keep you in the game of baseball yeah you know people ask me all the time how did you get how did you get on tv and how how did you become an analyst right after you got done playing so i went straight into it and i, I always say i just tried to take any opportunity that I could to either give back or show up you know whether it would be go speak at a church or you know go speak to a youth group or go to a school and you know, hang out with some kids and just kind of be a part of the community as, as much as I possibly could. And for some reason, Pittsburgh was, and I did that everywhere I played, and I played, I think, in 11 different cities. And at the end of the day, Pittsburgh was the one city that embraced me the most. So I had more opportunities, and I got to know more people. And I feel like that really opened up the door. And then in 2013, when, when I got hurt, I hurt my knee pretty bad season in the injury because of those things I'd been doing, they'd seen me and the network actually asked me to come on because I couldn't travel with the team Why the team was on the West coast. So, you know, at two o'clock in the morning, I'm doing the pre and post game show and I'm still a player and that created a, a great opportunity for me. You know, once I retired to jump into something right away and not lose the game, a lot of guys kind of fall in, in between, I guess when they get done playing they're not really sure what to do. They go back to school, all these things, but they miss the game. Everyone misses the game, whether you retire on your own terms or you don't. But being able to stay in the game, learn the game, grow within the game has been an absolute blessing. You know, I think of a lot of us, you know, of course, I covered you at MTSU for the paper and and, and a lot of Blue Raider fans that followed you. You're, I think a lot of us saw, hey, McHenry's a veteran catcher. He's going to get into coaching. Because so many catchers, so many catchers do. Yeah, I, 
I think my future will be in coaching at some point. Um, the opportunity I have now gives me an opportunity to learn from 30 different teams. So I'm not necessarily tied just to the Pirates. Even if I was a broadcaster, I still have access to the GM with the Cardinals. I still have access to the manager with Milwaukee. And I can start to learn from a group of individuals instead of just a collective you know, culture within the Pirates. So being able to do that, I think, is going to really kind of broaden my, my spectrum in the coaching realm. I still, you know, work with kids. I worked with a team last night, a travel team, 13-year-old team. And it's a huge passion. Like, I love giving back in the game. I love working with kids. I love to see the growth that they have. So I will never cut coaching out. It's just right now I feel like God's calling me to really focus on, you know, growing as an individual and and trying to grow as a leader to hopefully one day be able to lead men. Michael, of course, there's going to be a 60-game um, schedule. Um, obviously, that's not ideal, and we I, I know a lot of the players least hoped there would be, you know, at least a, a full half a season. Obviously, there were so many details to work out, and then you still got the virus and that thing going. What type of season do you think this is going to be? Uh, who do you think it favors? You know, I've heard some analysts say uh, teams that have veteran pitchers or this or that. Uh, how do you see it? You know, the season's like gasoline on a fire. It's going gonna, it's gonna to flame up real fast and then fizzle out real fast. Um, it's going to be very interesting. But, you know, I, I kind of see the opposite. I, I see teams with, with more youth having the advantage. Um, they're going to have the shorter – uh, spring training, and I know most of these guys were, were staying ready. I know in Nashville they had a short, like a small mini camp at a local uh, Franklin High School. I believe there was about fifteen to twenty guys there on the regular. So these guys are ready to go. They're gonna they're gonna be able to play. But the cool part about having this expedited season is every team has a chance. And what I mean by every team has a chance, you know, if you look back at the Pirates, and I use them as an example because I've been there the last two years. If they ended at the half, so at that 81-game mark, they were in line to be in the playoffs. I know that's an extra 20, 21 games, but if you look at that, they played really, really well over the first half and fell off second half almost both years. So they're a team that if they start out hot, and we all know how baseball goes, you know, you run off 10 in a row, I mean, that's the sixth of your season. So there's a chance teams that you wouldn't even think could get into the playoffs have a chance to get in the playoffs because you just have to get on a good run. You don't have to get on a great run. Well, you so know, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, and, you know, of course, I follow the the Braves and the athletics. And, you know, I was looking back. Both of them last year were after 40 games. They were like 21 and 19 something mm-hmm. like that, uh, and then both both of them took off. Sometimes it takes teams a while to take off, so you really can't afford a, a horrible start, can you? No, you absolutely can't. That's why I think some of the younger teams like the Braves, like Oakland, Tampa Bay is another one that I think everybody should keep their eyes on. Those three teams, they've got pitching, they've got, a, they've got an incredible defense, and they can hit enough. And those are the teams you're going to have to watch out for those teams that can really pitch and play good defense and they have that youth aspect to them, they're going to be tough to beat because they're going to be able to do a lot of things 
really, really quick out of the gate. You know, the, the hitting always comes after the pitching with the shorter, you know, spring training slash summer camp that they're calling it. It's going to be hard for those hitters to, you know, get comfortable in the box. They're not going to see other teams' pitchers. I know the Yankees are trying to put some together where they have some some type of games against whether it's the Mets or somebody close to them. They're trying to work that out with the league. But, you know, you're talking about inner squads going all the way back to college. You know, you're just going to face your pitcher. So, you know, teams with the best pitchers are going to be hitting against the best pitchers in their quote-unquote spring training. But also these guys that don't maybe have that type of pitching, they're going to be right out of the gate facing these tougher guys. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how quick guys catch on. We're joined today by Michael McHenry, former Blue Raider and Major Leaguer. Uh, We'll take a quick break and be right back. Braves baseball is back, and you won't want to miss a single moment of the 2020 season because every game counts big. Hard hit ball at deep right field, heads up in the chop house, gone! Braves baseball on WGNS. Good afternoon. It's pretty busy out here, but it's typical on 24 eastbound up by Bell Road, Hickory Hollow Parkway through that construction. All that traffic flow making its way out of Davidson County back into Rutherford. It's pretty busy there on 41 between Laverne and Smyrna. Stop and go down Sam Ridley, headed back out towards Smyrna. For the perfect getaway just outside Gatlinburg, check out Cosby Creek Cabins. Log on to CosbyCreekCabins.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time. We do it your way at Pizza. Murphy Sproul's favorite pizza is open for dine-in with social distancing and special precautions. Of course, you can still order online, call in for pickup, and have Sir Pizza delivered to your door. At Creekside Assisted Living of Murfreesboro, we provide excellence in service while maintaining the dignity of our residents in a home-like atmosphere. Come see our new community, which includes bistros, salons, a library, and spacious activity areas. A kind, friendly, and well-trained staff can help residents with the daily activities of life. Locally owned by Blue Raider alumni Tim Keach and Ken Ayer. Find out more about Creekside Assisted Living, 895-3002, or online at www.creeksideassistedliving.com. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. and 46 others across the state. That's First Bank. Michael McHenry, uh, analyst for the Pittsburgh Pirates and former MTSU player, joining us today. Uh, what do you think the fan situation is going to look like at look like once it's going? you think it's going to vary city to city? I do think it's going to vary city to city. Um, with all the, the different guidelines from the governors, it's just really going to depend on you know, how open the state is, you know, how willing they are to be adaptable. So it's going to be, it's going to be different depending on where you go. I know there's a couple teams already like San Fran and Oakland. They're actually selling cutouts. So you can get a picture of yourself put into the stands. If you're um, cut out, get tip of the ball, they'll mail you the ball, which I think is really, really cool. So you're going to see some creativity. If you've watched Korea or Japan or some of the teams, out there they've done some really fun stuff they've had stuffed animals in the stands they've done different things but i think as soon as that 
they can have fans in the stands, they're going to have fans. It's not going to look like it has in the past. Maybe you just have a couple concession stands open. You may not have all the you know, playgrounds and all those different things on the concourse, but if they can have 10 fans, they'll have 10 fans. If they can have you know, 3,000 fans, they'll have 3,000 fans. And at the end of the day, most of these stadiums can seat 35,000, 40,000 people. So it's not going to be difficult to socially distance, especially outside. We, we've seen from all the studies and the data that this virus does not have the same effect outside as it does inside. So, you know, getting people outside is really, really important, especially in the middle of summer. So I think I, I hope and pray, I really do believe that as soon as they can have fans, they're going to. All right, there's going to be a couple new wrinkles here, and I guess in a 60-game schedule, maybe not such a bad idea to, you know, test the waters on, the, on things. One is the – universal dh so i want to get your thoughts on that and the other if a game goes extra inning it's kind of like a universal tiebreaker in um uh, softball where they put a runner at uh, second base and i know they've done that in the minor leagues and i think 70 percent of those games uh, were decided in the next inning just your thought on those two things for this year and then moving forward do you think it's a good idea the universal DH for this year, I do like, um, you know, with the shortened season and the shortened spring training, you know, it cuts down maybe on a chance of guys getting hurt and it allows guys to get at bats that need at bats instead of the pitchers getting at bats. There's a rule that I heard that I hope they implement in the, in the future, which I think is really cool is after the fifth inning or after the starter comes out, then you go to a universal DH. Uh, they've been talking about that and playing around with that um, idea for a while. So that way the starters are the only guys that hit. And you have to still have the strategy. You know, you still have to have some things going. But those first, you know, the first hitter, the first five or six innings, however they want to do it, they've been playing around with it. I think that'd be really cool moving forward. But I do like the pitchers hitting. I do like sack bonds. I do like watching them try to hit and run and do some different things. And when a pitcher gets a, a hit or hits a homer, I mean, there's no better, like, fun in the game, especially when you're on the on the bench or you're catching that guy that day and he hits a double in the gap to help himself win the ball game. I mean, that's just really, really fun. Takes you all the way back to Little League. And then um, on the new rule with the runner at second, I don't like it. Um, I played a couple of nine, 19 inning games, and they're some of the most memorable games I played. Not necessarily that do I love – you know, these extra innings, but I think if you're going to do something, get a little more creative, like have a home run derby, you know, do something that the fans can really get behind, especially in a year that we don't have an all-star game. We're not having a home run derby. I think it would have been awesome if, you know, each team picks a guy and you go and you can't pick the same guy. Maybe the next time you have the extra innings or whatever, but like home run derby, let's go. I think that would have been an absolute blast. It would have saved the pitcher's arms and it would have been a lot of fun. Well, I know, um, you know, everybody's just glad that uh, if you're a baseball fan, everybody's just glad there's going to be baseball. You know, when this season passes and we go into next year, it's going to be a critical year um, for baseball, I think, because um, their uh, CBA is going to run out to the end of next year, isn't it? It is, it is. And it's, it's kind of scary, to be honest, to think about after the 2021 season to go into that CBA agreement because if you paid attention at all, you saw the tension between the owners and the MLBPA. So 
it's going to be a uh, fight to the death. That's a good point because I'm thinking, man, if these guys can't agree on 60 versus 80 or this and that, I mean, what is next year going to be like? <laughs> yeah, it's going to – you know, I was a rep for four years, a, an alternate rep. Um, and, you know, the player whether, – whether you keep up with it or not, no one can argue that the players have given more than the owners have given over probably the last 20 years. Players always are giving, always are giving, always giving. I mean, just this year, if I if I was uh, eligible for the draft back in 06, I went in the seventh round. I wouldn't have gotten drafted because they only did five rounds. I mean, they cut out 35 rounds into the draft. That was an agreement that the MOBPA decided, hey, we'll give you this so we can have a prorated contract, blah, blah, blah. And then the owners pulled it back. And at a time when, you know, you have people unemployed, all this stuff going on, it was bad optics, both sides. So going into this CBA, there's a lot of tension on both sides because there was a lot of bad will and, you know, kind of playing the political game a little bit too much. They tried to use the pandemic against the players. And really the whole thing made the players look even, even worse than they should have when they were trying to just have the agreement that was settled on in March. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I hope they start the talks now because I think it's going to take that long and they get it figured out because any, any more delay or pushback or bad PR with, with the MLB and MLBPA, I think it's going to absolutely crush the fan base. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Well, we'll move on to something more positive now. Let's kind of go back in time. Uh, I know you played your high school ball at Knoxville Farragut. How did you end up at MTSU? Well, it's pretty interesting. Um, I played a little bit of everywhere um, in high school, and all I really want to do is catch. And when I was getting recruited, you know, back in my day, I feel like an old old fart saying that, but, you know, they didn't have the matrix. They didn't have the analytics. So they went off more or less the seeing eye test. How's this guy look? How's he project? So I was five, nine. I, I'm, I'm built like a little, little house, you know, I'm stocky and, and strong with big legs. So like, I'm not the projectable quote unquote, like gazelle athlete. So when I was getting recruited, I was getting recruited by a lot of the teams I thought I would or schools I thought I would. And most of the teams that were recruiting me weren't recruiting me as a catcher. So I actually called MTSU because it was one of my first choices. MTSU, Clemson were one, two on, on, on my list. And Clemson called, MTSU didn't. Clemson wanted me to play a completely different position, so I was completely out. And I called Mags, got a hold of him. I wasn't their first choice. And once that guy actually you know, ended up going to Indiana – they came and they recruited me, but I actually reached out to them first. And Mags and Pete kind of had a, uh, I guess, a, a little bit of a fight between who they wanted to recruit. Pete, who was the catching guy and wanted to recruit the catcher that was his main focus every single year, wanted the guy from Indiana. Mags wanted me. And Coach Pete didn't know if I actually wanted to catch. So when he came and to my house and offered me a scholarship, he said, son, do you want to catch? I said, yes, sir. He said, good, because I was leaving if you said, I don't know. So, I mean, if you know Coach Pete, hard nose, straight-to-the-point type guy, and 
you know, right when he said that, I knew that was my school. It wasn't even a thought after that. I think I called him the next day and told him that I was going to commit. Now, your freshman year, you did play some left field, though, didn't you? I did. I did. I was a defensive replacement in left field my freshman year. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, what was it like today? You got picked in the seventh round. You were, were you expecting to go that high? You know, crazy enough, um, I, I don't know for a fact, but I think I was the one of the last All-Americans eligible taken. So I, I was an All-American college, and I was one of the last ones taken in the draft. I thought I was going to go quite a bit earlier. Um, so in that moment, I didn't know what was going on. You know, like I was watching guys even in our conference that – you know, there's two catchers in our conference that went ahead of me. They had better projectability, so to speak. So watching guys go that I played against and and not really knowing what was going to happen. I remember about the fifth round, I walked outside and went and shot basketball and just said, you know, I'm just going to let it go and whatever happens, happens. But I, I had a cutoff at the 10th round. If I, got, if I got drafted in the 10th round or later, I was going back to school. So, you know, chasing my dream, thinking I'm going to get drafted, you know, in the third or fourth round. And then all of a sudden I get, I get past those rounds and I get past the fifth round. I'm like, man, maybe, maybe they heard I was going to go back to school and they don't think I'm draftable. Just start playing all these games in your own mind. And the worst thing you do. So went outside, started shooting basketball. And then sure enough, I was drafted, you know, 20, 30 minutes later by the Rockies. And I hadn't talked to the Rockies in almost a year. So it was, it was very surprising and um, very humbling, and it's a day you'll never forget. It was really special for me, my my wife, my family. It's really neat. Um, what were you doing, and uh, when you um, learned that you were headed to the big leagues for the first time? <laughs> we uh we we finished up a day game in Colorado Springs, and I got I got a call on my phone. And anytime you get an unknown and you're a minor league player, it's usually someone from the front office or coordinator or something. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS has been brought to you by State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. First Bank, Mike Tansel with My Team Insurance. Parks Auction Company, Greg Hall with City Auto Sales. Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home. And Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance.